Hello, welcome to the quarterly conference call for the CMG Malden Smart Core Investment Strategy. My name is Brian Schreiner. I'm Vice President of the Private Wealth Group here at CMG. The Malden Smart Core Investment Strategy is the culmination of over 30 years of economic thinking by one of the world's leading economic writers. John Malden is the Chief Economist and Co-Portfolio Manager of the CMG Malden Smart Core Investment Strategy. John believes that the end of the debt super cycle is one of the most profound trends that will impact your portfolio over the next several years, and he believes that the period ahead will require you to think and invest differently to get through the Great Reset. Instead of diversifying asset classes, Malden Smart Core diversifies among trading strategies. The strategies seek growth, have the ability to respond to the global economy on a daily basis, and does so with a disciplined investment process that seeks to minimize downside risk. Think of SmartCore as four investment strategies in one managed account portfolio. The strategies utilize ETFs that enable them to trade across asset classes, countries, sectors, commodities, and cash-like securities for safety. Today's call is going to be split into two segments. First, we'll hear from co-portfolio manager John Malden on what he sees in today's investment environment and the economic landscape. In the second segment, we'll hear from one of the portfolio's four asset managers, Steve Blumenthal, co-portfolio manager of Malden SmartCore, as well as chairman and chief investment officer here at CMG. Steve oversees the beta rotation strategy. He's going to give us his take on the current market environment and provide us with insights into the strategy, which is one of the individual models in Malden SmartCore. As you're listening to the call today, if you have any questions or you want to learn more about our investment management services, please contact us by phone or email. Our phone number is 800-891-9092, and our email address is info at cmgwealth.com. Federal securities laws require us to make the following disclosure. Investment involves risk. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Therefore, it should not be assumed that future performance of any specific investment or investment strategy, including CMG Malden Smart Core, will be profitable, be suitable for your portfolio or individual situation, or prove successful. No portion of this call should be construed as an investment offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. There are additional important disclosures in our form ADV, which is available on our website. It's always an honor for me to introduce my friend and colleague, John Malden. In addition to serving as chief economist here at CMG, John is a noted financial expert, a New York Times bestselling author, and market commentator. Together with Malden Economics, John hosts the Strategic Investment Conference every year. He has written many books, several of which have appeared on the New York Times bestseller list. John, welcome to the quarterly conference call. Thank you. It's always good to be with you, Brian. Malden SmartCore is an opportunistic multi-asset, multi-manager investment strategy that combines several investment strategies into one portfolio. The objective is to seek global growth opportunities while maintaining a level of protection in down markets. Malden SmartCore outperformed the Morningstar category for U.S. fund tactical allocation for the quarter ending December 31st. SmartCore was up 6.3% in the fourth quarter of 2021, while the U.S. fund tactical allocation group was up 4.9%. For the 12-month period of 2021, SmartCore was up 11%, while the U.S. Fund Tactical Allocation Group was up 13.1%. 
John, how do you assess the performance of the strategy? Well, I mean, I'm pleased with it. It's doing exactly what I wanted to do, which is reducing volatility and giving us a reasonable chance for returns without having to take a lot of uh, risk in index funds, you know, by buying long only. Agreed. We've been pleased with the performance as well and look forward to seeing how it will perform in what will probably be some tenuous market conditions, which I'd like to talk with you about now. So on January 7th, you published your 2022 outlook and thoughts from the front line in an article called A Path-Dependent Year, WWJ, What Would Jerome Do? You said that Chairman Powell and his committee had really no good options and that they somehow will have to manufacture a soft landing by reducing inflation while at the same time trying to avoid a recession. They need to address inflation, but the economy has become dependent on their easy money policy. How do you think the Fed is going to walk this tightrope? Well, I mean, you clearly heard Joe Biden yesterday saying, we've got to take inflation down. I mean, the entire Democratic Party machine is saying, you got to deal with inflation. The Fed is arguing that they're going to move fast. I mean, getting rid of $120 billion worth of QE over three months is really fast. And the odds of a March rate increase or something into the market's pricing in something like 80%. So they are aggressively working on getting inflation down. We're going to see a slowing first quarter simply due to Omicron. You just, you can only have so many workers out. Even though it's only temporary, it's a lot of temporary. It means you're losing tens of millions of workers. So those out, you know, if it's five or six days, those days add up. You're seeing Atlanta Fed now has already dropped it to 2%. Mark Zandi's dropped it to 2 And there's a lot of normally bullish actors dropping their patrol. And that's going to have a weight on the market. I think we can see an easy potential for a bear market in the next few months. Especially if we get a slowing economy, it'll happen. I'm going to be talking with Steve Blumenthal in the next segment about, you know, that question, you know, the market outlook, what kind of market environment are we likely to face? And I know both of you have, you know, been writing about it. In fact, you just published a follow-up to the Great Reset paper that you wrote a couple of years ago, kind of a 10-page assessment, really, of you know, where we are today. And, you know, you suggest that we might be closer to moving to that. I would like to see the economy slow down in place, because that's by definition going to fight inflation. Even if we had a mild recession, it would be, I would hope, just be that. Hopefully, it'll be enough to drive a stake in the heart of inflation, and the Fed can move back to being a little bit more accommodative, and markets come back, and all's right with the world. But in the meantime, you need to be careful about the volatility. Yeah, that does sound like kind of a best-case scenario, right? We get a lower inflation, maybe along with a little bit of a slowdown in the economy, but that would be the soft landing. Right. If the Fed is not so bullish on fighting inflation, or if they don't take inflation head-on, if Chairman Powell doesn't take your advice, what would the implications for the economy be? If Powell doesn't proceed to really deal with inflation, which right now it kind of sounds like he does, but if he doesn't, then inflation will become a problem. 
a real problem, and the markets will not act kindly. So I think he's damned if you do and damned if you don't, so he might as well go ahead and, and do the one thing that he can do, which is kind of be a, a mini fall over and uh, kill inflation. He'll have help from a slowing economy. He'll have help from better year-over-year comparisons. He'll have help from supply chains getting fixed. There's a lot of cash sitting in individuals' hands. So it's not exactly – it could look more like a recession that we had in uh, 91, if you will. It was a slowdown, but it wasn't much of a recession. I don't think we're going to see anything like 2008 or 82 or anything like that, as long as they don't go crazy. You know, stay the course, fight inflation, get it down. And so when you think about your portfolio, have you made any major adjustments going into this year, or how are you thinking about your investments? I haven't made any major adjustments. I mean, I still have my Explorer portfolio. My core portfolio is pretty much fixed income, Malden, smart core, things like that, things that I don't think are going to have a lot of volatility. Well, I think that makes sense. In talking with investors, I think now is when we are able to really earn our keep here at CMG. A risk manager right. is very important right now and being active in the portfolio and able to you know, reduce risk. If we do face volatile markets this year, it's going to be important to be able to you know, lighten exposures in equities and rotate into more defensive sectors. Right. Appreciate your time today. We'll continue to read your Friday letters and look forward to talking with you next quarter. Thank you, sir. Thanks, John. Okay, we're back for the second segment of the Malden Smart Core quarterly conference call. As a reminder, if you have any questions or you would like to learn more about our investment strategies, please contact us by phone at 800-891-9092 or by email at info at cmgwealth.com. I'm very glad to be here with Steve Blumenthal, Chairman and Chief Investment Officer here at CMG. Steve manages the CMG Beta Rotation Strategy, one of the four individual investment strategies within Malden SmartCore. Steve began his career at Merrill Lynch in 1984 and has over 37 years of investment experience. He writes a weekly market commentary called On My Radar. And in 2020, Forbes Books published On My Radar, Navigating Stock Market Cycles, How to Grow and Defend Your Wealth. This was Steve's first book. He's a Forbes contributor, has been published in the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, Investor's Business Daily, and has appeared on other media outlets, including Bloomberg, CNBC, Fox Business News, and others. Steve, welcome to the call today. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me. The CMG beta rotation strategy seeks to enhance the roles of equities in investors' portfolios by employing a disciplined investment process that measures stock market price trends. The objective of the strategy is to outperform or to provide returns that are in line with the broader stock market, but while simultaneously reducing risk. Steve, how does the beta rotation strategy seek to achieve these goals? Well, it's good to step back and give some consideration to, first of all, the role that a strategy like this might play into a portfolio, because it leads into the objectives of what we're trying to achieve. One is what we're seeking to do is grow and gain 
when markets are healthy and to risk protect when markets are in secular bear markets or in significant downtrends. What this strategy does, it has essentially several steps to it. Step number one is that it analyzes the relative performance of the total U.S. stock market. So think large cap, mid cap, small cap stocks that's available to all of us through an ETF. So it it analyzes the trend of the total U.S. stock market, and it compares that against the trend of the U.S. utilities market. So you can think of higher risk or higher beta, meaning an industry term, to achieve a return in the overall market. High beta would be a higher risk market exposure, and lower beta would be a more conservative exposure. So higher beta in this portfolio is the total U.S. stock market, and the lower beta is the utilities. And what you'll find is, and especially we've seen this in December and in January of this year, is that value-oriented or safer types of sectors have done a lot better than the overall market. So while the general market, S&P and the total U.S. stock market, large cap, mid cap, small cap, may be under more pressure or doing better at different periods of time, this strategy seeks to be in line with where there's opportunity. So when risk is off, oftentimes value or utility plays may be doing better. And that's been the case the last couple of months. So think high beta, it switches to the total U.S. stock market. And low beta, it moves to the utilities when the utilities is outperforming. So we're looking to be positioned in either higher risk or lower risk, depending on which of those things are performing better than the other. And then the next element to the strategy is that we have a risk component to it, where we measure the performance of both of these sectors. You know, Sometimes we're in utilities like we are currently and have been for much of the last two months. It creates a performance line for us, and we measure that performance line, and we put a series of what we call moving averages, where when the majority of them, they might be short-term moving averages. Most of us are familiar with things like the 50-day moving average and the 200-day moving average. A common rule is if it breaches those long-term trend lines, people reduce equity exposure or move to cash. What we look at are a series of five indicators that range from several short-term indicators, intermediate-term indicators, and a long-term indicator. And then if the majority of them, meaning if four of them are breached, that the trend line of our model, meaning equities, low beta and high beta, are below its moving average, then we move to cash. We rarely do that in the history of the strategy. The last time that that actually happened, and the only time that's happened since 2014, was in the COVID crash in March of 2020. So the strategy is either 100% in the broader U.S. stock market, 100% in utilities, or 100% in cash, right? That's correct. And all the vast majority of the time, it's either in the broad U.S. stock market or in utilities. Either or. So recently, in uh, actually on New Year's Eve day, you published your 2022 investment outlook, and you did that in, in On My Radar. You believe that there could be some significant market volatility in the first half of the year. How do you expect beta rotation to perform in this kind of environment? Well, that's actually why we have a strategy like this, because my forecast, and let me 
be really upfront and clear, it could be wrong. We see a significant slowing in the global economy in the first six months. And we've got the Fed that is moving in a different direction than all the QE that they've been giving us for a number of years here. So they're attempting to escape. Inflation has them a bit trapped and they're looking to raise interest rates and they're cutting back on the bond buying, all that in March. So we're moving in a different environment than where we've been in. And we're at a starting condition where valuations are as high as they've ever been. And the concentration of investor assets in just a handful of stocks, because the way most of our indices work, they're cap weighted. So the bigger something gets. So most, you got five stocks that make up the S&P 500 index, and they represent 25% of the exposure of the entire 500. So people are highly concentrated in just a few names. And then the last piece of the puzzle is where leverage in terms of margin. So think of margin betting and what investors are doing in accounts. I'm not saying you are as an investor, but I'm saying that the margin debt has never been higher and that's starting to reverse its direction. So all these conditions lead me to believe that if we have a major slowing and the Fed moving in either call it wrong-footed or moving in the other direction to fight inflation, these aren't conditions that are as favorable for the markets. And I suspect that it's probable we could have a 30% stock market decline in the first uh, six months of the year. If that thesis is correct, then how might it play out in our strategy? Well, the market has been under some degree of indigestion for the last couple months. Year to date, the Nasdaq's down 10% and the S&P's off four from its high. So we're kind of in the early innings of whether this outlook comes to be or not. But how might beta rotation? Well, currently we're positioned in a safer market exposure in utilities, and that's been the right place to be. I'm not sure if my view of minus 30%, if utilities are going to continue to outperform, meaning outperform and hopefully drive a positive return in the first six months possibility, then I would expect that the strategy beta rotation will be largely in the defensive side in utilities and will have an opportunity to do better in that environment. Don't know, we'll see. But what gives me confidence is that we have a way to risk manage that if both of these things, if the total market, the U.S. total stock market and utilities are both in a bad way, then we de-risk and we move to cash. So to answer your question, how might it play out? Don't know for sure, but we put in place within the strategies, disciplines to deal with risk. Well, to me, this makes all the sense in the world. I spend a lot of time talking with clients and we all have our concerns about market risk and where the markets are headed. The bottom line, though, is we don't know. And I think, you know, even the wisest market guru will admit that too. We just don't know. But that doesn't mean that we can't manage the portfolio in a way that can protect on the downside. Of course, we're not going to be able to exit at the top, but we can read the market, allow the markets to tell us how healthy it is, what's happening, and then respond accordingly. So today, you know, the strategies and utilities, if the market has broader deterioration, there may be a time that we move fully to cash. But we don't just move to cash because Steve thinks there might be a 30% decline. He's the first one to tell you he doesn't know. We just suspect that that may happen. And if it does, 
you know, we have to be positioned to do that. And that's why I think active management is so important. Then the strategy blended with the other three managers in the portfolio gives you a diversified approach to investment management. We have a particular way of thinking about wealth and we call it core and explore. And in the core bucket, our objective is to manage the money. We can't guarantee that we can't lose money. No investor or advisor or professional money manager could ever state that. The risks just simply exist. But what we feel that we can do is by diversifying to a number of different trading strategies, none of these are perfect, but you want experience, you want a process, and you want managers that have the discipline to be able to stick to their process. And then by combining different strategies together in what we call this core portion of a client's wealth, well, we want to minimize downside and we're seeking a return objective, frankly, what bonds used to give us for safe money and bonds at 2% ag bond yielding bond funds, they can't help us at all when inflation is well north of 2%. And if interest rates move up, they lose. A 1.8% 10-year treasury can't help us. So what we're seeking to do in the core bucket is find things like a well-collateralized short-term private credit that might yield in the mid to high single digits and combine them with a series of trading strategies like beta rotation. None of these are perfect, but combined together, it smooths the outcome. That's the objective. And if we can get 80% of our core wealth to grow in the mid to high single digits, in four to five years, we've got that safe money well-protected somebody needs income, you mix the different things together to fit the objective that's important for the investor. So beta rotation is, I think, an excellent strategy. It's been around since 2014. It had a 14.8% net return year in 2021, and was up about 9% in December. But importantly, in the drawdown periods, and that's what we're after, So in the COVID crash period, there was a 20% decline to the strategy when the market lost 30%. That is frankly higher than we would like to see, but we don't know what the outcomes is. And if you recall how quickly the market crashed almost overnight, V bottomed and then recovered. And this strategy also got back in risk on. And the one time that the moving average rules kicked us out was in that March and then got us right back in again. Well, the private investment world is something that we've been focusing on more with clients at CMG. I didn't know, I realize how large the market is in general. There's over seven and a half million private companies in the United States. Contrast that with 4,400 publicly traded companies. Now, most of those private companies are small, but there are 1.1 million private companies with over a thousand employees. So the size of the market for private investments is gigantic. And I think these are going to be a growing part of investor portfolios going forward. Yes, it's important, but there's a couple other elements to this that really are important as well, because there's a significant level of risk. So how do you do your due diligence? What's your network look like? Where did you source and get ideas? Who else is investing alongside of you? Where are they in the progression of their company and the potential for a payoff for we investors? John, as you can imagine, has such a broad network 
of relationships, his years in his business, the speakers that he gathers to his conference. So that network is really important. And then uh, you said something at the top of this call, 37 years. It doesn't feel like 37 years. It feels like yesterday. But over those many years in the business, since the early days at Merrill Lynch, you develop relationships and, and hopefully you develop relationships that are really valued with credible, good people that come from the right place, that are smart, have made many mistakes, have learned from those mistakes. So I guess what I'm getting to is, how do you gain access to these types of opportunities? Well, when you have a large family office, you network with other families and you share ideas and you trade things. You go to conferences and you might get in a deal that another large family was able to get into. But most people don't have access to that sort of network. In our multifamily office side of our business, you know, we work with clients that are typically somewhere between $2 million and a couple hundred million dollars that don't have the resources to build their own structures, their own CFAs, their own networks. So they plug into us. And John has, from his years of experience, a lot of important, valuable relationships that were created and ideas come from that. We have, because of our years in our business and relationships that we've put in place, people that we really enjoy, we source ideas with. And so that's where ideas come from. Steve, thank you for your time. If you want to follow Steve, the best way to do that is to read On My Radar. That comes out every Friday. If you're not getting On My Radar, make sure you reach out to us at info at cmgwealth.com. You can go to our website and connect with our social media channels through the website. Steve, thanks again for your time. Look forward to having you on another call soon. Thanks, Brian. I'll add one last thing. The letter's free. Thanks, Steve. All right. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Take care.